I'm super happy. Are you happy? Welcome to the BU Find Happy Podcast. Here you'll find tips and tricks to inspire you on your way to happiness, to live a courageous life of authenticity, and learn how to speak your truth with grace. I'm Michaela Johnson, and welcome to our podcast. amazing human on this earth plane. I am so grateful that you are here. Just wanted to take a second and say if you click like or hit subscribe, it helps this podcast continue. I want you to live the fullest expression of your experience in life and you can find so much more by visiting BUFindHappy.com. There you'll find Empowered, my motivational journal for women, links to all of the various books, and so much more. Thank you for being you. Hey there, Eric. Welcome to the BU Find Happy podcast. I'm, I'm kind of excited because, you know, you're going to have a different vibe as a guest on this show <laughs> with your background. Um, but we're also going to talk about stuff that just totally aligns with everything that this podcast is about. So, um, could you give the listeners a little backstory? I mean, you're, you're doing so much stuff in the amazing world as an active combat vet and all of that. Can, can you share a little bit about your, your backstory? Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here and uh, I want to thank you for having me. And absolutely. Yes, I will do that. Uh, I started off, um, you know, at a high school wondering what everybody, you know, uh, does. And I kind of was in limbo for about a year and a half. 9-11 kicked off as one of those vets that, they're one of those guys that was super patriarch. I was like, sign me up. I want to go. Uh, joined the Navy. Was one of the first. One of the first uh, four deployed veterans out there before the actual war uh, kicked off. Um, I was part of CAG-5 out there. Did 10 years in the military, seven tours between Operation Enduring Freedom, Iraqi Freedom, and Northern Dawn. And then after that, I got out, got a job as a program director out in the middle of the desert in, uh, called China Lake, California. Got to, uh, started going to school, got my bachelor's degree. I'm about a class, one class away from my master's degree, my MBA. Started a company called Veterans Disability Help in 2013-14 as a project uh, for a marketing class. And I got, yeah. <laughs> whoops. <laughs> right? Funny how life so the, channels you in a direction, isn't it? Right. The project it was it was a marketing class. I was in my my sophomore year of my my undergrad degree, and they said. Create a fictitious company, you know, see how many leads you can get on Facebook, you know, where people didn't get any, some got one or two, I came in with like 49. And uh, and I thought I was doing bad, right? And guys, like the, the teacher, I remember he's like, you have a winner, he's like, stick with this. So I ended up calling every lead I got back, trying to help them, because I knew um, I could help them with their VA disability. I had gone through the same process myself, and I had I noticed all the objections I was getting at the front. I'm like, well, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Went to many places over a six-month period, law firms like the DAV, the actual VA, regional offices, VFW, stuff like that. Nobody could really answer my question to my satisfaction. I was a parachute rigger, and I worked with special forces in the military, so my attention to detail is very, very uh, high. And I didn't believe someone 
where I have a question, I do research. That's what we were taught in the military. So I actually bought the law and was reading the law. And when I finally gave up on the system, I was at the regional office. I asked the question. The lady, me, the lady told me uh, the answer that I knew she was going to give me. I told her she was wrong. And she said, prove it. And I went in my bag and I brought out the law. I had the page marked and I had the answer highlighted. I was like, here you go. Here's your law that you just told me. Do you realize you're breaking the law? And she's like, well, this is just what we were trained. I'm like, you've never even looked at this, have you? Right. And she's like, this is just what we were trained. So I was like, okay, I've lost my faith. Right. Got out, started helping. And I got myself the max first, did everything uh, opposite of what they were telling me to do, figured it out on my own, got the max I could get uh, for VA disability. Then while I was working, I was working as a program director, as a contractor on base. So I was working with all, um, everybody I worked with was veterans or active duty military. So I started talking to them. They're like, help me, help me, help me. That's when the, uh, I just started turning it into a business. Uh, and I started making calls and we went from 2015, we got incorporated. It was me, myself and I, and today we have 24 in-house employees, a full executive team. We have two, exe- I have a full-time executive assistant, a full-time PR director, uh, and we have 20 people taking three to five calls a day with veterans, helping with their VA disability and basically doing the same thing, uh, but just a refined process over the last six years. Wow. And, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking about as you were talking is a lot of times I think people see success and, you know, they don't realize that you went A to Z to get that success or, yeah. you know, A yeah. to Q back to B to, you know, I think sometimes they don't see all of the failures and hardships and all of that stuff. And they just think, wow, that that person's nailing it. That person's achieved it. They've, you know, and it, and it is really yeah. true testament that you kept sticking with it and sticking with it and yes, going down different rabbit holes. Well, one of those, one of those important things is sticking with it. You know, a lot of people quit. I was actually blessed enough. Um, when I was first starting out after I got in incorporated and first starting out as an entrepreneur, I was blessed to, uh, go to events and I went to this event called Secret Knock and the owner of the event, very high end entrepreneur, very, very well known in the entrepreneurial world. And I just kind of introduced myself to him. Um, this was like five years ago, six years ago. And this guy's modern day Napoleon Hill, Greg Reed. You know, he, we call each other family now, but he kind of, uh, we have so much things in common. And he just kind of looked at me and for some reason or another, he took me under his wing and, and mentored me. And I kind of bought into, I bought into his mastermind. I went on the, the two year round world trek where we interviewed people from anywhere from seven worth seven, eight, nine, ten figures and saying, how did you do it? How did you get to success? And the the book is actually called Wealth Hack. It's an amazing book. And so with all that and learning over the last years and having the right mentorship, when I did want to give up in my business, and there were many times, there was a time where I was broke. We were $400,000 in debt. My CEO was embezzling money. And I'm like, Greg, I'm like, Greg, I called him up. I'm like, I just found all these problems. My, all my agents had like three sales agents. I'm like, all my agents just walked out. He, He said, that's the best thing that could have happened to you. And I'm like, what is this man talking about? But he knows what he's doing. So he's like, just work through the problem. And I did. And this is you, once you, if you have a problem, it's any problem in life, you work through it. There's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel. It's always going to get better as long as you don't give up and run the opposite way. You know, I think we can tap into a little bit here, your experience as a vet, 
um, <laughs> to help people understand this. I know that I'm, you know, going through some things in my life right now that are re- requiring a lot of resiliency, a lot of strength, tapping into the depths of my soul. I'm really curious, how, how do you do that uh, out in the field? How have you learned to, you know, continue so, to persevere? In the military, you can't quit, right? There's no quitting. If you quit, like you, they, you get sent to the brig, and you have to stay there. And so when you're deployed, right? They, they wait, feed wait, you wait, 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 stuff. wait. Well, you say you get sent to the brig. What do you mean? <laughs> Is that a, like, like a real thing? It, yeah, that's a real thing. I mean, thing. I used to so go to like, a bar in San Diego called the Brigantine. <laughs> no, this is, this is a big scale, but you have no rights and you have no calls, right? You've got to so be kidding you, me. I didn't even no, know that's a thing. No, that, that's 100% a thing. So in, in the military, right, you're, if you're on deployment, you're, you're working, you don't get any days off. You're working shifts. Sometimes they're 12, 12 hours on, 12 hours off. Sometimes they're 18 on, 6 off, right? And that means when you're off, you get rest. You try to sleep. You do whatever. You call home. But if you, like, there's no quit. You're programmed to be okay to die, right? You have to be okay to die. You have to still do that. And and anyone you talk to in the military, they're like, yep, oh, I'm happy to die today. Let me go do my job. You know, I'm scared shitless, but if I have to die, I'll die. If I have to do the job, I have to do the job no matter what it takes. And so when I was going through the entrepreneurship, I looked at it. I'm like, I'm just on a deployment. I'm just on a deployment. I'm just on a deployment. I just have a fancy instead of a small rack or, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, a small shelter. I have a nice house to go home to. I have this to go home to. And so it's just keeping those little aspects, you know, judging from what I went through before to now and being able to push forward. So one of the things that you were saying that really struck me is, um, oh shit, I knew I was going to forget it too. Um, okay. Well, so, so let's, so, so let's go into this for just a sec and it's a bit of a tangent, but, but the idea is, you know, I really feel like as Americans specifically, we have become, and for lack of better term, you know, we've really become about everything like we're just so sensitive and so like oh that hurts my feelings you know (laughs) i'm not trying to be harsh but literally we have americans that are going to defend our country that literally wake up every day and say i'm willing to die today i i I don't know very many people in my life that would even do that like Literally, I mean, it just goes to show, I, I feel like we've just weakened our society Absolutely. and we could even get into the fact that I really feel that we have weakened our men. I'm not talking about like, you know, <laughs> masochism, whatever, you know, toxic patriarchy, not talking about that. But men need women who can hold space for them to be warriors. I really think yeah, that. And I, I think we need to stop weakening our men. I don't know. You talk, you talk, you tell me before I no, lose all I my listener base. No, you, you, <laughs> I think you just gained a lot of veteran listener, ba- listener bases as well. But no, you're absolutely correct. And a lot of the veterans I speak to have the same mindset and, and they're, they're the women that support them do that same thing. Like my wife, she's, she's a superhero. She supports me in everything I do. And I tell her, honey, I'm going on deployment and she knows that I'm working and she knows what it was like. We met 
when I was in my sixth year in the military and I did wow. 10. So, so she met me in the military, saw me when I got out. She was there when I fell. Um, her and her family supported me in the entrepreneurism world when I, when I fell to keep my, my company open, uh, open. And then I just kind of rebuilt it, built it from here. But yeah, you need, you need warriors. I have a three year old daughter, a, a year and a half old daughter and a, and a brand new son who was born last week, right? Wow, and my daughter, <laughs> and my daughter's, you know, and she's she's three, and she, when people start acting up or getting offended for something, and uh, she says, "Don't be a sissy Lala," because we're always <laughs> got to be tough, and you know, we're reiterating that toughness. And so I really feel, I really feel bad, and and me and uh, uh, my wife and my my best friend Zach, we always talk about her future boyfriends. I'm like, we're gonna set a really high standard for her, and so I don't know if I'm hurting her or helping her in in the future. Wow. Um, I just think it's so powerful. And I think what you said, this mindset of waking up every day and saying, I'm willing to die today is actually one that we should all have. I mean, think yeah. about the way you would go about your life. And well, you don't have to, but everybody listening, <laughs> think about the way that you would go about your life, knowing every choice you make, that, you know, this could be the last one that you make. Well, you're, you're you? spot on. You're spot on with that. I wake up every day and I, and I, and I wake up with that. I'm willing to die today, but it, what if I die today or what if I die tomorrow or, you know, instead of the, the I'm willing to, it's what if, and now it's, I'm willing to lose everything to get to the next level because I know where we've been. My family supports me. We've all been, you know, we've been broke. We've been to the point where we had to cash in our spare change to go get groceries. Right. So, so I've me and my there. wife, I've been there. Right? I, right. I grew up in a 27 foot fifth wheel with no running water and no electricity in the rural Sierra Nevada. So I'm a little bit of a different yeah. species. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So, I'm like I'm, half caveman, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. It, it's now, you know, we have a beautiful house on top of a mountain that, you know, that's three stories at 7,000 square feet. And it's, it's just, you know, it's incremental steps. And a lot of people look at success and, and look at happiness as I'm going to achieve it in one day. I'm going to win the lottery in one day. You know, I'm going to do this. But if you create a plan and you think about those choices and every choice that you make, what if I were to die tomorrow? Am I willing to lose everything? How do I get better today? I wake up every day thinking, how do I get better today? How do I get better today? And run it through my competitors' faces over and over and over again. And if you listen to the music, some of the biggest, you know, celebrities and A-list uh, hip-hop singers, they sing about it all the time. They just do it over and over and over again. And no matter what they face, it's the same thing in business. It's the same thing in life. It's the same thing in marriage. Right. Everybody has their difficulties. But if you work through that difficulty every day, you think, how do we get better? How do I get better? How do we get better as a marriage? How do we get better as a business team? How do we get better as a, a football team? How do I get better as an individual and it's incremental steps to get to your ultimate goal? But you have to have an ultimate goal um, in order to create success, because if you're just moving without a plan, then you're creating chaos. But if you're moving with a planned action, then you're moving towards success. Wow. I love that. If you're moving toward pl with a planned action, I like that. I think a lot of times, <clears throat> and, and just to kind of circle back, I know we touched on this, but to just say it one more time, you know, people see you, I'm sure, with a 7,000 square foot home on a mountain and think, oh, look, this guy's got it all figured out, not knowing all the setbacks that you overcame to get there. 
If they don't know about the rat infested 1200 square foot house. Me, my wife and my daughter had to go back to from our 3000 square foot apartment because I made a mist in L.A. And we had to go back to the desert that <laughs> literally was rat infested. I was getting up in the morning, getting ready for work. And I opened the bathroom door and a rat literally jumped the fuck at me from the mirror right at my face. I was like, oh, shit, I'm really glad that happened to me, not my wife. <laughs> so they don't know about that. They don't know about, you know, me first going there, being broken into and sleeping on an air mattress and, and you know, working out of there and rebuilding the business and figuring out how to feed my family, my wife, my daughter, figuring out how to pay the employees. One time, one time I had to sell my quad, but every, that was one time I wasn't able to make payroll back in 2017, ever since we've been able to make payroll. Now we're running a 70, 70%, you know, profit ratio, which is unheard of. I have no investors and, and it's really incremental steps, you know, and then what do you want to do next? You know, I'm at a point in the business and company where I'm able to make a soft exit, but still maintain. And I'm starting another company called FLNP training where we're doing corporate training. I just signed a licensee agreement with Grant Cardone. I'm actually leaving Saturday to Miami to go hang out with him on his helicopter uh, hang out and do mastermind and do a VIP one on one. I think there's like six other people in his jet on top of everything else we're doing. And then, wow, yeah. that's really cool. So you're still in the you're still in the the field then of kind of aviation. Yeah, no, I love aviation. Uh, yeah, but no, I think that's those are just his private jets. It's more of a Grant Cardone's more of a sales trainer and, and gotcha. entrepreneur and motivational those are just his toys he uses to to brag and show off on social media all the time <laughs> Which i don't mind well, if you guys I, if pick I, a hobby I mean. right if i if i had my jet i'd do the same thing or when i have so i'm going there to learn to learn um because i've reached a point you know um where i'm learning and I've learned only learned so much from my mentors and I've, you know, I've traveled the world and I spoke to people worth, you know, seven figures to king or to princes in Africa to, I, you know, I can't remember his name to uh, one time I was in, I was literally in a car for 90 minutes with Tonino Lamborghini, the founder of Lamborghini. Imagine that conversation, right? And so Did it go I'm, fast? Out, I'm just teasing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> really fast, really fast. Um, so I went out there really just to learn and see what, see how he got to being a billionaire and see how I can incorporate it into my business, into my personal life. One thing I very, I very much so admire about the man is his, he's a family man and his family follows him everywhere. And that's one of the, the things I struggle with, right? Because when I travel, my family stays here. He has two girls. I just, I just had two, or I have two girls and I just had a boy. So that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out. And I want to learn more how he does that. I'm pretty sure it's in his private jet though. He just I'm takes himself. I, <laughs> I can imagine that must be nice. Um, I, I'm in, in the aviation world as well. So I, <laughs> but, but flying a 1947 super cruiser, so <laughs> oh, so. certainly not a jet. <laughs> um, Hey, I'm looking at your book cover and I just got to tell you, so, you know, I own a firearm. I have a CCW, I a target practice I, for many reasons, many, many reasons, self-defense being one, um, also because, you know, I just want to be prepared for the, for the apocalypse. When the physical yeah. domination part of this madness starts, I want to be on my game. Um, right. I'm also looking into some machete training. No, just kidding. Anyway. I, I have machetes, three years worth of food and water, and a stockpile yeah. of 
and I have about 30 or 40 deer that live on my property because you're not allowed to hunt in the HOA. I'm on, I'm on a 25,000 HOA, so all the deer and elk flock to one property. That's so, funny. You're like, it's, cool. It's, uh, we're just, I, we just got our meat supply. <laughs> <right>. <laughs> That's wild. You know, so um, what I was going to say is, uh, you know, the, the imagery on the front with the gun up to the head, you know, obviously a lot of people would feel very kind of, uncomfortable with that you know what are your thoughts on that well how do you feel about the the book cover and all that that's the point make them feel uncomfortable because that's why there's the salute in the uniform right and the screaming and then the gun to the head because every veteran i've ever talked to um when it's a one-on-one uh opening up conversation they've either contemplated suicide or have a failed suicide attempt wow and better that commit suicide a day um, I have, you know, uh, a failed suicide attempt that is detailed very vividly in the book. So it's it's a mix of fiction and nonfiction. Um, the story between David and Miami is a story. Uh, it's all true story between me and me and my wife, Chicago. And then uh, uh, a few bits and pieces here of, of, out of my out of my personal life. The suicide story is absolutely true. And then uh, so that's that's. The point, it's an eye, uh, an eye catcher, an eye grabber. You know, you want people to think what, uh, like, what is this about? And what it, what it really does is it, it taps into the veteran's mind, um, of what really goes on so they can get through it. So they know they're not alone. And so the family members or their loved ones know how to handle them a little bit better. I love that. Um, and you know, you know, being a psychotherapist in the mental health world, I was recently sharing um, with a client that, you know what, it's, it's some crazy number. I think it's like six seconds is all it takes to shift the mind away from the suicidal thought. Um, and it's, it's so survivors of attempted suicide attempts have described that feeling of regret almost instantly. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember waking up and it's, it's, it's in the book, it's detailed in the book. I remember waking up to pounding on the door and stumbling out of the bathroom right in my underwear and i was like who the fuck's who the fuck's at the door i didn't do anything wrong and my exact thought was like actually who the fuck's at the door i didn't do anything wrong i just tried to kill myself but nobody knows and it was two cops yeah two cops at the door and they were like hey man we got a call uh just to do a a, a health and welfare check and he's like are you okay i'm like can i put a shirt on i remember i'm like can i put a shirt on i'll be right back and i came back and and i remember that exact feeling so thankful to be alive i remember think being thankful i was at the bottom and the rock bottom and i remember being so thankful and happy that someone actually fucking cared about me and that's the day my goal uh, became to express that to others and to the veteran community. And that's been my goal since. And it was, that happened on August 12th, 2014, August 13th, when I woke up and I haven't stopped since and I don't plan on it. Wow. That's heavy. Um, it's yeah. super heavy and it's also very honorable. And I think it's really amazing that you found this path to be able to help people. You know, um, I think about the homeless population that we have in California alone and you know, the, the astounding percentage is like 60 some odd percent are war, war, war veterans or, you know, military vets. 100%. So I had an office, um, when I lived in LA 
and it was downtown. I can't remember what building it was in. It was like one of those executive suites you can rent inside a, a building. And one day I had a bad day and I was in my suit and I was walking downtown and I was just talking to homeless guys and I talked to 10 homeless guys, homeless, uh, and out of the 10, eight of them were vets. And that's the day uh, I started the nonprofit for veterans by veterans. And I didn't realize how hard the nonprofit world is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I have a nonprofit as well. <laughs> so I, I do. I know I know that dance um, that you have to do there and the red tape and or yellow tape or whatever color the tape is. But there's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I, can to- I can totally relate to that. So your book is called Don't Shoot Your Future Self. Um, could you tell the listeners yeah. a little bit about it real quick? It's a story about uh, a veteran who gets out of the military. His name is David Little. And he loses a job. And he's just kind of at that rock end, right? And the, the suicide version's in there. And then he, and he's just kind of scrolling through Facebook. He, he had lost his job. And he had woke up the next day. And he sees this ad and he clicks on this ad for free business uh, consulting, no strings attached. And through that, he meets this mentor called Ralph Power. And sorry. And with you can edit, right? Yes, I can edit. Okay. Hold on. one. Just uh, hold on one second. Let me just <laughs> 23. OK, three, two, one. All right. So he meets his mentor, Ralph Power, and, and through the guidership of the meetings of Ralph and the support of his girlfriend, Mayumi, and facing the challenges that veterans face, he was able to um, choose paths that he wants. He was able to see what was going on uh, with himself and work to get better uh, and to achieve, you know, you know, get enough money in the account. Um I, that was, that was a shitty description. You want me to start over? It's, it's, it's difficult. I'll tell you why it's difficult for me to talk about the book because power is not my original name, right? Uh, right. I changed, okay. I changed my name to power because of the man. Uh, sorry. Ralph Power. He, he was my first client when I was ready to give up. Uh, when I was ready to go back to my job. Sorry. No, you're doing great. I mean, Thank you for friends. sharing. <laughs> when I was, I was, I was, I was working full time, going to school full time, taking taking uh, these consults full time, and I had just raised my price to like a thousand dollars. I was like, on my last call, I was ready to give up, and I remember thinking, this guy's name, I was, I was going to cancel. This guy's name, just something about his name, Ralph Power, something, something told me to call him. <laughs> And uh, I was like, he's not going to go, he's not going to sign up. He's not going to do anything anyways. There's no reason I should call him, but something told me to, right? And uh, through the call, through the console, I was like, I am. power something something told me to call him <laughs> and uh i was like he's not gonna go he's not gonna sign up he's not gonna do anything anyways there's no reason i should call him but something told me to right and uh 
through the call, through the consult. I was like, I am 100% certain we can help you. And this is my fee. And I told him it was like $1,000 at the time. Ready to quit my job or ready to quit this, ready to stop, ready to go back to the corporate world, which I was still working. I was was, uh, going to school full time. He was the first person to say yes. And he was the first person where I closed that first thousand dollars. Um, consequently, he was the most difficult client I ever had. It. And before he died last year in COVID, um, uh, we weren't able to help him. Like the VA, we did everything we could. And it was just one of those guys. The VA just kept saying, no, 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 no. I had all the paperwork 100% correct. We had I've done it for other clients. And it's just the guy at the VA was just like, no, I don't even want to look at it. And just in one or two days, it was denied. He ended up giving up. But from that time, you know, I was opening my business, my first partner. And this is one of the downs of entrepreneurship. My first partner, his name was Jason. Uh, uh, he had 50% of the company. One day, he just didn't come in to work, right? We had gone out to Houston for a business trip, came back. He had come in, come in for work. Uh, just something to pop the video. Um, he, he didn't come in for work. I was at the DMV. I got this bad feeling, went racing over to his house, uh, pounded on the door. No answers. I ended up kicking the door in because his car was there and he was dead on the floor from suicide. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so after that, I kind of lost my shit that day. I had to go back to the company. We had like four people at the time. I told them what happened and I had to go deal with that with the police, with his wife. He was going through a divorce at the time. Deal with that. Um, Then go back home. And... The next month, I couldn't really be in the company. I said, hey, I got to go. I'm just going to go work remotely and kind of really wasn't paying attention. That was one of the reasons I had so many problems. But I went and met Ralph and this is kind of described in this in the book. He was a big ended up being a big entrepreneur out of Florida. He had a ran a chain of uh, uh, restaurants as you know, um, now there's only two in in Panama City Beach, Florida, um, called him the American Diner. And I ended up staying. Um, my wife had a nail a nail event to go to. She she's a, a professional nail artist, right? And so I ended up staying there. We were only stay a couple of days, two or three days, but I felt such so at home and at peace. I just ended up staying there for about two months um, with this man on his thousand acre ranch that you know he had, and there was just it was gorgeous there's pig there's deer there's a pond and for two months i just sat with him you know and we developed this really close relationship over the years and we went back and visit and he, he actually you know the one day you know he said if you want to change your last name you can and sorry uh but uh you're okay. You're okay. You're you're in, you're in good hands here. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think as you're speaking, I, you know, what I'm really just picking up on more than anything is the emotion surrounding, um, the emotion and the passion surrounding how you got where you got. And yeah. you know, I think it's just really a beautiful thing that we have these things that happen to us in our life, and it's not the events that occur, but it's what we do with them. And really, truly, you've created a legacy for Ralph. You know, you've, you've created something for him, um, to live on and not only live on, but 
his energy to continue to flow throughout and help a lot of other yeah. people. And that's just really a very beautiful thing. Yes, ma'am. And then, you know, and uh, when all that all happened, it, it was, it was amazing. And last year in COVID, I was supposed to go out to see him. And the day I was supposed to get there, uh, he had cancer, right? The day I was supposed to get there, I couldn't go because of COVID, because of the lockdown. Yeah, but that night, that night wow. when he, when he was when he went, and that's when we were starting the book, and it just everything. Like in April is when he died. In April was when we started the book. You know. Wow. It just flowed. Everything just flowed out. Sorry. <laughs> you no. know, have you considered that perhaps? Sorry. You know, I'm I'm not suggesting that it's great <laughs> that. Uh, that in any way that it's good that the ending was the way that the ending was, but do you think that perhaps you offered him some something that allowed him some closure and that you know what I mean, like in a in a positive I, way? Yeah, absolutely, I do. And and one of the things we like in the book, he um, he tells David, if you have any daughters, the middle names have to be Lynn after his wife Linda, right? And both my my girls, their middle names Lynn, um, just like you know the the one uh, thing he had. But I think it is a very positive way because um, it's bringing light to what he went through, what I went through, what, what all veterans go through. Um, and if we stick together and if there's like like that one veteran that makes it right that does make it to that one percent well how can he spread that knowledge down to other veterans to help them do it for themselves and that's really what we're creating that's be between the book and the online series we're working on and the podcast we're working on and the mentoring with the one percent and going out with craig and going out with grant it's really how can we take this information and this value and spread it to the veterans out there so they can do the same thing for themselves wow you know <clears throat> I read this awesome book, and I think it's a good time to share it for anybody who might be listening and, and have experienced heartache and, and pain and, and be feeling those emotions just hearing your emotions. Yeah. Um, it's called You Are Here, and it's by Tish yeah. Han, and he's such a fabulous being, um, you know, ascended, ascended spirit, really. And he, he talks a lot about his experience as a Vietnam vet <clears throat> and um, – you know, then becoming a Buddhist monk <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's really powerful. Um, yeah. so I think, you know, putting these words out there and helping people transform and transcend is, is just such a beautiful thing. So uh, I commend I, I, you. I, I absolutely want to read that book because when I spent, uh, eight years in Japan, um, before, while I was in the military, I spent many times at, at Buddhist temples, um, speaking with Buddhist monks and learning how to meditate, learning what meditation actually is and how to control your mind. I remember sitting in this temple in Kamakura, <clears throat> one of the biggest Buddhist temples there are. It has a giant statue of Buddha and, and I had sat there for a couple of days and, and just because I was going through some stuff and I was, you know, going through my first divorce and this guy came out and he's like, I see you here. He had a translator, this young girl that was with him. Um, I think she was in high school and she was translating. And he's like, you think, you know, you're meditating out here, but do you know what meditation actually is? Do you know how to control the mind? So like, no, I can, I understand you're in the military. 
and learning how what meditation is is playing playing those those path pathways out in your head and seeing how it makes you feel and then choosing one and, and going down that action so i'm really interested in that book and you know my wife's buddhist i'm buddhist as well we have um everything around our house is either buddhist or, or angels or anything like that so i'm, I'm very interested in it, in it well i'll tell you it's a quick read and it's profound i mean if i have to recommend one book to people you know if i get one second to recommend one book that's the one i recommend um i mean and then then we could start talking about carolyn miss anatomy of spirit and joe dispenza <laughs> dr joe dispenza becoming supernatural i mean so many people that right. um you know if we just take that moment to connect with the, really they are the enlightened of our time and that's spectacular you know yeah. we we have many jesus christ living today you know, we, we I, have many I, uh, Buddhas living today. I 100% believe that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Listen, um, you know, people can get a hold of you via your website um, as yeah. as one thing. And um, uh, let's see, what is your website? We always include it in the show yep. notes, but don't shoot your future self.com and veteran disability help. So also ladies, I know this podcast is like 90% you, but I know there are men in your life um, and women in your life. If you know a vet who could benefit from this podcast, please share this episode. Let's spread the word yeah. and help people get the help and, that they need. And can I, can I, can I mention something to your listeners as well? No, of course you lady. can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you may. No, if you have if you have a veteran boyfriend, husband, and and you're worried about him, and he won't and he won't up, open up to you, just hug him. That's all he needs. Just hug him until he opens up. Wow, I love that physical touch. So powerful. And just to kind of add on to that, twenty second hug releases all those amazing oxytocin endorphins that just yeah. vibe us up. So beautiful suggestion. And again, thank you so much, Eric, for coming on today. The BU Find Happy Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been a BU Find Happy Podcast. For more inspiration, check out the links.